Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. Today, I am featuring a guest by the name of Daisy Ying, and she is the CEO and founder of Banish. And Banish is a multi-million dollar skincare company that actually was created by accident. So Daisy is a founder. She sells only on the website, Banish.com. Stay tuned to the end. She's giving you a $10 off coupon opportunity to try her amazing products out. And she started the company by doing a video on YouTube, just documenting her struggle and how it was really making her not feel so great. She did this on YouTube. The channel now has over 700 videos and 70 million views. So this gal is a powerhouse. She was awarded Forbes 30 under 30 in manufacturing, as well as an Inc. 500 entrepreneur. And she was awarded LA's fastest growing female owned company. How cool is this? So go ahead, stay tuned and listen to her story. She is an inspiration. Like I said, female powerhouse. Enjoy the show today. Hello, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I have with me Daisy Jing, who is the CEO and founder of Banish, a multi-million dollar skincare company that only sells on its website, Banish.com. Daisy, how are you? Hi, Lori. I'm great. Thanks for having me. I have to say, and this is going to be a crazy way to start this interview, but you are, I assume, considered what is to be a millennial, right? I think so. Yes. I, I'm not sure what the age range is for now, but I, I think so. <laughs> How old are you actually? I'm 30. 30. Okay. I just have to compliment you because I feel like millennials, they get a bad rap and you and your systems are rocking it. And I know you can't be a success without having systems in place. Your customer service, everything about and leading up to this interview was done seamlessly with your team. Thank you. And you know, behind the scenes, there was a lot of back and forth and trial and error and things that happened along the way. But you know, (laughs) we had to go through a lot to get to where we are. So it's not an overnight success. I want to share that. Well, you seem to have your your ducks in a row. I like to say in in the skincare world, you have your products in a row (laughs) instead of ducks. Yeah, yep. You have it streamlined. Let's go back. Like when did it pop into your mind? Oh my goodness, I am going to do something to help myself with my problematic skin? Like, what was the first thought? Do you remember the moment? No, there was never a first thought. Um, this was totally unplanned. So it was 2009, I posted a YouTube video about my acne and that took so much courage, like all the courage that I could. And I was like terrified. Um, and then it was just always like, 
you know, let me like help one person. Let me help two people. Let me help three people. And that's kind of how it started. But yeah, probably back in 2009 was like my first like leap of faith into like sharing my skin story. Did you have a product line when you put that first video out there? I never intended to make a product line. Oh, wow. Never like my life goal. (laughs) So, you know, it is so directly associated with our level of confidence. I remember in the seventh grade when I got my first pimple, I lived in Vermont and I literally wore a turtleneck that day to school so I could cover my chin the entire day with it. I don't want anyone to see it. Yeah, no, it it really affected the way I viewed myself in the world. I mean, I, I, my acne started in the third grade and it was like cystic and, you know, I just looked very, very different. I grew up in Minnesota, so I was very, very different. I looked very different. I'm Asian American, um, than everyone else. And yeah, it really affects like the way you view yourself, especially as a young, you know, young teenage girl growing into adulthood, thinking, oh, I'm not pretty if I have, you know, these skin conditions, if I look different. So I really feel like that drive inside me has kind of driven me to create what I've created today. So back to 2009, were you a big fan of YouTube? Were you on there watching videos? How did you even gain the awareness of, I'm just going to be vulnerable and share this story? So 2009, we had like a few big beauty vloggers like Michelle Fan, um, Blair Fowler, And it was super cool because, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in Minnesota. So everyone around me had like blonde hair, blue eyes and and, in the media, they, um, you know, looked like that too. And so it was super cool to see Michelle Fan, like, hey, Asian American girl, like doing makeup tutorials. And I thought that was really cool. And I really loved watching people who looked like me because I could relate. And then 2009, like was a very, 2009, 2010, I was like really depressed. My skin was at its worst. And I just wanted to turn on the webcam and talk to somebody and be like, hey, maybe, you know, talk to someone. And actually, I wasn't intending on anyone finding it. I was like hoping, I hope nobody sees this. This is so embarrassing. And But then somehow, like, it got linked to Facebook and some of my friends saw it and they really liked it. And then it kind of went some somewhat viral. And that's kind of how everything started. Was it one of those things where you went to bed after that night and you woke up the next morning going, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? Yeah. What did I just do? Exactly. Yep. And I chose the username Dazers89, which is like the worst username you can choose because no one can spell it, right? <laughs> it's not SEO optimized. But I, I chose that because I was like, okay, no one's ever going to type this on the internet. Like, let's make it secret. And now that's the same username I've stuck with. Oh, very cool. So what is a pivotal point where you're sharing your story on YouTube, people are relating to it, and you decide, I'm going to start creating a product line? Yeah. So yeah. So again, there was never like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a business plan. So it was actually something I used myself. I went to a plastic surgeon. He actually recommended me microneedling. And I saw you had... Um, Dr. Setterfield. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really great. This was in 2012. So not many people knew about microneedling and all that. So he recommended that to me. And then he recommended vitamin C and all this stuff to help lighten my acne scars. And I used it and it actually worked. And then people wanted to use whatever it is that I was using. So that was kind of like, oh, okay, if it works for me, it might work for other people. But it was really a problem I had um, that I wanted to solve. So I never like intended to, you know, create a whole line of products. So, I mean, it's, you sent me a, the starter kit and everything about it is so impressive to me. And one of the things that I love that I think, and this is really, and I want you to talk about this 
the story that you've created for yourself, you're sharing with others. And a lot of that surrounds just not perfection, which is so rare and hard to find on the internet these days. Yeah, for sure. I just did a TEDx talk called uh, A Tragedy Called Perfection because I think the reason why I suffered so much with my skin was because I wanted to make it perfect. And it's weird because it was like the harder I tried to make my skin perfect, the worse it got. And that can be an analogy for other aspects of our life. But for me, it was like, you know, let me try this product. Let me try that product. Let me do this, this, this. And I like overdid it. I way overdid it. My skin was breaking out because I kept overdoing it. Right. If I left my skin alone and like was better with it, I think it would have healed um, a little faster. But I think a lot of us, we, we want to fit into this mold that society or, you know, brands tell us we need to look like, and Hey, use all these products. Right. And I always say, you know, the mission of Banish is not to, move as many products as possible. Um, if the products work for you, great. If you love them, great. Repurchase them. But I really want to share that, you know, no product is going to solve that, that void and those voices you have in your head, those negative voices you have in your head about yourself. That is something you need to fix first and foremost, and no product can solve that. So let's work on that. Do you share these mindsets, so to speak, or confidence supporters on your YouTube channel now? Cause I'm sure when you started in 2009, you weren't even thinking this way. I wasn't thinking this way, but I think people really liked me for talking about it. Um, because it can relate to me. And I think I was very relatable and authentic. I didn't try to be perfect. I didn't try to live this amazing life. Like I was just like, Hey, this sucks. Like this is how I feel. And people related to me. So yeah, I do talk about it. And I always want to be as vulnerable as possible because when we're able to kind of take away and strip away all of that external stuff and share what's inside, that's really how people can connect to us and feel like, Hey, I'm not alone in my struggle. And Hey, there is hope, you know, and that's really what builds and connects all of us as right. Is that inner, um, deep connection and vulnerability that we all share as humans. Absolutely. And I have kind of, I, I feel like, I talk to so many women about beauty related topics all over the world. And one of the goals so many people have is to do a Ted talk. So I want you to share a little bit of that story. Were you shaking in your shoes and did you break out before your Ted talk from stress? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I, I want to do a behind the scenes video. I have like hundreds of little clips of me practicing and working on it way harder than I thought because I was like, Oh, I do YouTube videos. It's going to be so easy. You know, like talking and blah, blah, blah. The hardest part was, um, trying to figure out what my core idea was because, um, you have to like take everything and make it one idea, like one sentence idea. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what is it? I have so many ideas. I'm like definitely an idea person. So it was a lot of journaling and writing. I actually have almost a 100 page Google doc of just writing all my like thoughts and ideas so I could kind of narrow it down. But I do think, um, I think for me, just in general, not even beauty related, I struggle a lot with perfection. I struggle a lot with perfectionism. Um, I have very, very, very high expectations for myself. And I feel like a failure when I don't reach them. And I think that has been a huge cause of stress and anxiety in my life. And so that's just something I come like I'm always like trying to break out of that perfection. Do you feel like and this is a kind of a deep question, but do you feel like it's somewhat this perfectionism and these 
these high standards you put on yourself associated with your culture, because all of my Asian friends are the hardest workers and so devoted and so hard on themselves. Yeah, I definitely, I think it's a combination. I think it's definitely the Asian culture. I definitely think women, we are very, very hard on ourselves. And I think it's because when we're socialized, we're being thrown all these expectations, right? Of trying to be nice and perfect and, you know, pretty. I think it's also being, you know, a first generation immigrant for me. So I think it's a combination, but I think, uh, I definitely think, yeah, in the Asian culture, we're taught to, you know, be very achievement oriented. And so um, I think, yeah, I think we need to strive for that 100% all the time. First of all, how did you take your 100 page Google document and find one core idea? And can you share what that core idea was with us for the TED Talk? Yeah, so that was hard. (laughs) That was definitely hard and way harder than I thought. But um, the title of the talk is a tragedy called perfection. And that's really the core idea is when we're striving like all of our time and energy on trying to be perfect, we're losing the most valuable asset we have, which is our authenticity. And we cannot be authentic if we're striving for perfection. So try to shake away what external, like what the external world tells you to be, or, you know, what people say you have to be and really focus on like, who are you? you know, and embrace all of that. And I know it's hard. It's like, find yourself, right? Um, But the only way to really know who you are is to try to stop fitting into a certain level or a certain external factor. I love how you've taken one of your biggest struggles and really made it something that you're sharing with the world to help them. I think that's just such a unique way to, to give back to others is, you know, you learn from experience and you share the positive and the negative parts of it. I want to know, how are you true to yourself in this core message that you just talked about? Because we all are scrolling online, probably some of us way too much, and it's easy to get caught up in that craziness and start to feel bad about yourself again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard. And if, if there's anyone who struggles with this, it's definitely me. And I feel like it's almost therapy for me to talk about it, right? Because it helps me in turn. Um, I have to have like certain checks and balances to make sure that I don't get sucked into this struggle for perfectionism. And I think especially being a business owner, it is so hard to run a business if you're you know struggling with trying to be perfect because business is messy. It's dirty. It's chaotic. Um, and you have to do a lot of things that are imperfect to move the business along. Um, so I do, you know, a few things. I, uh, first of all, I don't have Instagram on my phone ever unless I'm doing, I'm using it for work. So that has really helped me. (laughs) So that way I'm not like just randomly scrolling. I'm very intentional about how I use it. Um, and I, you know, I sometimes don't like to like watch or follow things that give an aspirational image of life. I like to see very, um, authentic and real and go to like real, real events. Like, um, I love going to like, you know, these, these Ted talks and these events because they're telling about someone's story. I don't really like to go to like, I guess, very superficial networking events because I just feel very drained from it. Um, I don't, I mean, I just really try to control what my mind sees, um, because I feel like that has helped me try to be, try to live the most authentic version of myself. Cause sometimes I think if I see too much, if I see too much, I try to be like everyone else. And I definitely don't want to be like everyone else. I want to be who I am. And how do I find who I am by, you know, 
by making sure my mind is clean. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah, that. like you, it's, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting. Like what we, we have to really control what we see. Everything we put in our minds will affect everything else that we do. So you really have to keep it as not pure, but just as you as possible, as authentic to you as possible. Um, so kind of any, any person, I think also either, whether that's in your company, in any relationships, friendships, um, even parents and family, if they're trying to make you something that you're not, you need to be really cautious of that. You know, one of my, and this is very in line with what you said, one of the gals in my mastermind group, I have a women in business mastermind group. And she said something this week that just keeps sticking with me and coming up in conversation. She's like, I have to disconnect from social media on Sundays because I find it to be inflammatory. And can't everyone who's had acne relate to that statement? It is inflammatory, right? So yeah, I just remind myself when I see something now that doesn't look real, a lot of smoke and like BS out there, I go, this is causing an inflammatory reaction in me and I'm moving on to something more positive. For sure. And you know, I, I even tell my team, like, even if you look at our company's Instagram, like we know, like, like it's all very relatable, funny, you know, vulnerable, um, content that we post. I I don't want to, I don't want to show you an aspirational image of what you could be like without acne. No, that's not, that's not it. Because even if you don't have acne or even if you have perfect skin, you're still going to have problems, right? Um, so I want people to learn how to be confident and happy with who they are, even if they're not perfect, even if they don't have that perfect life, you can still like show your truth and be authentically you. Um, even if you don't fit into what the external world says you need to be like. I, think that, and I hope you are aware of how deeply you are impacting the lives of others by doing what you're doing. So don't ever lose that. Stay true to yourself because it's so amazing. And I think that being awarded 40s, 30 under 30 had to be this amazing, uh, you know, celebratory point in your career. So people probably look at you and they go, well, Daisy lives a perfect life. I want to talk about how you started this business and now let everybody know, you know, you have to overcome odds no matter where you are in in your business and how you do that. So going back to when you, you made your first product, was it just one product that you brought to market or did you do the whole line? How did you start? Yeah. So it was, um, people wanted to buy what I was using because I noticed my skin had improved. So it was kind of like the banish kit, which was, um, the banisher and the banish oil, And that was the first thing. And, you know, it was like one product I sold a week and then it just kind of grew from there. But it was never like, oh, I'm going to, you know, start 30 different products and all this. No, it was very, very, very simple. And I would recommend people just start with one thing and keep it simple. Um, So the first two things were the banished oil, which is awesome. mm -hmm. I love that oil. And was it the cleanser? Is that what the other one was? No, it was like the derma roller. Oh, the wand that you have, which is genius. It's not, yeah. So the first version didn't look like that, but yeah, okay. the wand is the second one. Yep. I just, something you did, you may not even know how brilliant this was, is you teach people how to keep it sanitized and not a lot of these rollers that are out there tell you actually how to use it the right way. So that yeah. was a little power tool that you created in so many different ways. Yeah. And I mean, I thought through every little like use case, like, like I wanted to use it to travel cause I travel a ton. And so I was like, I want to fit it perfectly in my hand. And I remember we had like different sample, like different molds of the sizes. And I was like, 
I was like, my team, like, do you think it's too big? <laughs> like this size? Like when you hold it, is it like, does it fit well in your hand? Does it like angle well to your face? Like, I mean, every little piece of it was thought out um, because I personally use it and I wanted to improve it. And I was like, how can we better improve this? How big is your team now? Uh, we have 12. Yeah. Wow. And do you have an office space or are you pretty much remote with a warehouse that does the shipping? We have office for the shipping and, uh, but pretty much remote. Um, I used to go in all the time, but then I realized like maybe sometimes it's better just let people do what they're best at. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think sometimes you need to give people the freedom, right. To figure things out and to do it in their style. Otherwise you're just going to be micromanaging. (laughs) And because I'm a perfectionist, you know, and all that kind of stuff that that wasn't very healthy for me to be there all the time. Your cleanser, by the way, I want to compliment you on that because anytime you throw anything minty in a product and I get shipped hundreds and hundreds of hundred products a month because of the show, I am in love. That cleanser is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And I was so picky. Like I'm, I'm very, very picky about everything. We had like maybe over a hundred samples sent. And I was like, no, it needs to be like minty. Cause like I, I wanted something when I wake up in the morning, like, Ooh, picks me up, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I was very, very like picky about that part. We are in an experience economy. And I think anytime you could make somebody feel like they're giving themselves a little treat, they'll use the product more and then they're going to see better results. So I love that cleanser. It's, it's great. For, for sure. I mean, even like, was it Victoria's Secret, Sammy annual sale? I like, I love their body washes. I know they're probably like not made with the best ingredients, but like it smells, it just reminds me of like my teenage years, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I want, you know, I want, I'm very, very picky about every single product and I want, you know, people to have a good experience with the, with the items. So let's talk now. You built the business, you got these products out and everybody's looking at you going, wow, she's got this amazing YouTube channel. She's had a Ted talk. She's been awarded by Inc. Magazine, you know, 30 under 30. She never has a bad day. Her life is perfect. Tell me about one of your recent struggles and what you do to overcome these moments. Oh, bad days is like every, no, not every day, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than people see. <laughs> I mean, even recently, um, I think team issues are so difficult. Oh, and they are, are can absolute, be the best and the most challenging. So they're the absolute <laughs> most difficult part. And I didn't realize this because you know, I've, I've always done well in school. Um, so I was like, you know, if I set my mind to something, I can achieve it which is, you know, I mean, in a vacuum, yes, but in the real world, when you're working with people and everyone has their own motivations, everyone has their own agendas, everyone has their own problems. And you're trying to like move everyone in the same direction, right. And compete with all the other companies out there. Um, and you're, you know, a small business, you have limited money, resources, time, everything, right. It's a constraint. So the people aspect is the absolute hardest. And it makes me very sad because I love every single person on my team. And sometimes when it doesn't work out, it's, it's, it's devastating, right? Cause you have so much hope and like, Hey, you're going to be with us 10 years from now. And you know, sometimes that's not the case. And that really hurts me. I, I say it's like breaking up with someone, right. Or it's like going through a breakup every single time it doesn't work out. Cause this is emotional. This is my baby. This is, you know, something I've created out of scratch. And here I have you, you know, with me in this relationship to grow the company. And when that doesn't work out, it's so devastating. Can I give you 
a little bit of advice because here's how I handled this. And I learned through experience over time when somebody would start with me and tell me if you fall into this mindset, I had, I had a vision in my head for them. Like, oh my goodness, this is going to be so amazing for them. They can do this. They can do this. They can do that. And then I realized I had to stop creating their vision because I would probably annoy them and they didn't have the same vision in it. I, that's what always made me feel disappointed. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice, Lori. And I think it's, and I told my team this, I, I think it's because I don't see what's in front of me. I see 10 years from now. And I, I told my team that, you know, the hardest part about what I do sometimes is I see, I don't see what's in front of me. I see 10 years from now. I see five years from now. Like I'm always seeing ahead and I don't see what's in front of me. And not all the times do they match, right? And yeah, I think that's true. Sometimes you have a vision for like how people could be and how they can grow. And I'm all about like our mission is to empower, to empower people to be their best. And I definitely want my team to be empowered and to be the best. But sometimes it doesn't, you know, for whatever reason, doesn't happen that way or, and so sometimes, yeah. And so it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like a, because you care for each and every single person, you want them to succeed, but sometimes um, it doesn't work out. So it's, it's been, it's, that's the hardest part I would say. When I start now, I just, that's one of the first questions I ask in the interview process is what is your vision in six months and in a year? Cause I really don't want to know any further than that. That's your job as a visionary CEO. And it will exhaust people if you try to pull them into it that don't think the same way you do. Yeah, it's funny. I was like, what's your 10 year plan? They're like, huh? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. No pressure, but (laughs) so I want to know, I think that it's interesting when you talk to somebody who's created something from the ground up, what makes your brand, what makes Banish stand out? First and foremost, I would say it comes from my personal experience. Um, so I have over, you know, 700 videos on YouTube reviewing skincare products and I'm very, very picky about everything that we sell, um, from the ingredients that we use, um, even our banished oil, like it's made fresh, uh, the day you order it. So I'm just very, very picky about the ingredients and all that stuff in our products. Um, uh, very, very picky also about how, how it's used and all that, because I, it's kind of like from my experience, um, and the experience of our, of our customers, uh, we're also vertically integrated. So we pretty much control most of the aspect of the business from start to end. Um, and I don't really outsource much because, um, you know, again, I think it's that like control and wanting to make sure and like oversee every little process uh, of it. Sometimes you, I mean, I think sometimes people think, oh, I can just, you know, hire this person or, oh, hire this supplier or, or do this. And they're going to take care of it from A to Z. But you also have to like, you know, manage it too. It's not just as easy as delegating everything to someone. And so because we have these really good systems in place, like we have very, very, very few issues in that. And I think really our mission, our mission, our values, what we stand for, I mean, we want everyone to go out there in the world and feel like, hey, we got you every single step of the way. We're here for you. The world is hard and the world is trying to make you into something that you're not, but we got you in being who you are. So I would say those factors are what makes Spanish stand out. There's something to be said for boutique skincare products right now because it's become such a mass saturated market. And 
I am curious about two things. I want to talk a little bit about social media and how you feel operating right now in a saturated market. Has what? It, how has it changed in the last three to five years? And do you still feel like you're rolling the way you were or have you had to do things differently on your YouTube channel? Yeah. So, um, so much has changed. And the great thing about the internet and e-commerce businesses is that it moves super fast. So what you do even six months from now is not what you're going to do today. I think before for the social media, there was kind of a certain look that you had to be part of, which I think is really interesting, right? The whole Instagram models or the whole YouTube influencer, they all had this certain look and this certain kind of content and they were kind of more similar. And now I think people are a little bit bored or tired of that because now you see these new crop of influencers coming up who are not necessarily fitting into that look. And I think people are really liking the real and relatable content. Um, so I think that's what's changing. I think people are actually trusting less the huge, huge influencers and are probably trusting more like friends and family, um, or maybe smaller influencers that they follow. That's what I keep hearing that the people you want supporting your business right now are the micro influencers that have maybe a smaller audience, but very connected to them in an organic way. Yeah. I mean, micro influencers has always been, um, I feel like very popular for the past few years. So, I mean, even just like, you know, even a, a small account with a thousand followers, just cause they have, you know, smaller followers doesn't mean that their content isn't as good. Uh, maybe they're more relatable. So it's not really about the numbers. I feel like as it is more about, um, does their mission and do their values align with your brands? Yeah. Absolutely. And you don't need the million people that you ignore online to, to sell and to support another business. One thing I am curious about with your brand is how did you come up with the look that you have? Cause it's very different than the normal foofy looking female founded and there's nothing wrong with either one. I'm not insulting anyone. I'm just saying that yours is very different. It's a different look. It seems very streamlined. It's the branding is done in black. How did you come up with that? What was your vision? Yeah. And this is why I say like, you know, don't strive for perfection. Cause if I strove for perfection, it would have looked like, you know, everyone else's product. And I was like, we are not having like pastel colors. I was like, that's number one, no light pink. Like, like don't make it dainty. Let's make it strong. Let's make it powerful. Let's make it Ooh, like I'm going to go out there and fight my ass off, you know, to like be confident. So that's kind of where the vision came from. And I always had this military, like the military vision that we have, we call our our, um, our customers are soldiers, banished soldiers, because we're, we're out there fighting. Like we're, we're out there fighting. It's a hard world, right? It's a hard world to be authentically you. So I always had this military, like, like vision. Um, and it was, it's so crazy because, um, I had this like, like drawing of what all the products would look like maybe four years ago. And we had like in Photoshop, we would make it look a certain way. And if you compare that look with what it looks like today, it's almost identical. So um, it was not an easy process, of course, behind the scenes. Like a lot of people do not make the kind of packaging materials we have. Um, and so it took so many visits and it took, you know, two years to find a good manufacturer for, you know, even a, like a black uh, matte jar, glass jar. Um, but 
Yeah. You have to just have that vision. And, you know, again, it's what I say, like, be careful what you feed into your mind. You know, if everyone told me, Hey, like you have to make it look this way. Cause this is what everyone else is doing. Um, it definitely wouldn't look like this. So, um, I had that picture out and I kind of stayed true to it. Um, and I'm really glad that that's what it looks like now. And I, and I don't ever want, you know, I don't ever want the products to seem dainty, right. Or like, how do I put it? Pretty. I don't, I don't want it to look pretty. I want it to look powerful. I want it to look strong. Um, and so that's kind of what we're sticking with. Well, it's smart because I look at it and it looks very unisex to me and acne is not selective to the gender that it picks to affect the life of, right? Yeah, of course. I think actually more guys get acne. Yeah. The whole testosterone thing. Yes. So <laughs> yes. I, I'm curious, you have a YouTube channel with over 700 videos and 70 million views. Do you get recognized when you're out in public now? <laughs> it's funny. Um, I was a lot more active on YouTube about four years ago. Um, and I did back then, especially when I had my full face on. <laughs> uh, but now I usually don't like wear makeup going outside. So I look a little bit not necessarily like all the videos on my YouTube channel. Um, I do get recognized sometimes. It was really cool. I was at a coffee shop the other day and the girl came up to me. She's like, excuse me, do you make those? Like, and she like, you know, rolled her face kind of. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it is really cool sometimes, but not, not that often. So if somebody wants to go watch your YouTube channel, I know you mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but how do they find it now? Just mention it again so they can make note. Yeah. YouTube.com and then slash Dazers 89, D-A-I-S-E-R-Z 89. Okay. Very cool. And then where do you focus most of your time now? Is it on Instagram? Uh, for social media? Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Um, I mean, we do, we do a lot like email, like we do everything. Um, so it's kind of hard to say where most of our time goes. (laughs) And I love it when people, my guests, like you are so generous and offer, a discount. So I'm going to share right now your website and a code for $10 off the order, the link you guys sent me. So banish, B-A-N-I-S-H.com. And then it's forward slash beauty biz. And that gives you $10 off your order because my listeners love beauty products. Actually, I already told my business manager about you. I'm like, you got to get your daughter this stuff. I think it's going to help her with her skin. Great. Thank you, Lori. So if you had to give a tip for a beauty entrepreneur, a success tip. And I love learning from people in all different walks of life and all different ages. What would be your solid business advice? Hmm. I have a lot. Um, (laughs) give me two or three. (laughs) Well, I think the first one is like, don't like look at the noise. Um, I know a lot of people, I mean, I think if you're going to launch any kind of business and beauty, everyone's gonna be like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is the most competitive industry out there, right? You're like, yeah. (laughs) Um, so don't listen to the noise. Um, because if you do like, it's just going to distract you. So just have insane amount of focus on what you want to do. Um, and I think, um, another piece of advice is you actually know a lot more than you think. So kind of trust yourself when making decisions. I have to agree with that one. Give yourself some credit. We yeah, all give underestimate our power. Yes. Very cool. Anything else you want to share today? Maybe give your website one more time or anything else we didn't cover that you'd like the audience to know? No, if you want to check out the products, it's Spanish.com. 
Awesome. And our Instagram is um, at Banished Acne Scars. Do they see your TED Talk on your website or just when they Google you on YouTube, will that come up? I just think... I don't think they have it up now, but maybe when this podcast is up. Okay. They might. Very cool. Do you have it on your website? No, I should. I didn't actually film it like a professional one, but I think it would be good. Yeah. To have just like the recording of it. Okay. Well, maybe if you can shoot me the link, I'll put it on the blog post associated with this podcast on my website. So people can check you out on stage. Great. Thanks, Lori. Awesome. Thanks for being with me today, Daisy. It was enjoyable talking to you and I wish you much success. I think what you're doing is awesome. Thank you so much, Lori. And you you the same. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beautybizclub.com. Club.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, Top 10 Secrets of Successful Beauty Biz Practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com. 